I've had an interesting turnaround in my health this last week of National Kidney Month. You did know it's still National Kidney Month, right? You did go get yourself tested for chronic kidney disease, didn't you? Hurry up. There are only four more days left to National Kidney Month. You know I'm joking about this month being the time to get yourself tested, but I'm serious, unfortunately, sometimes dead serious, about getting yourself tested. I know, I know, I'm preaching to the choir. But how many of you have told your friends, neighbors, family, and co-workers about just how simple, and important, these tests are? Let's not let them become one of the 31 million with chronic kidney disease or worse, one of those that don't know they have it. Excuse me while I step off my soap opera. Now, where was I? Oh, yes, the, ahem, interesting turnaround in my health this month. Okay, this is twofold. The first part is the weight. You think I've been having trouble keeping that in check since I started blogging four years ago, don't you? I mean because I write about it so much. The truth is it's been much, much longer than that. Even way back in college when I was a size 7 for one day, I weighed more than the chart said I should by 20 pounds or so. I looked good, I felt good, and my mom kept telling me I had heavy bones, so I let it go. Who knew any better back then? What's so bad about the extra weight you ask? You do know obesity is one of the causes of CKD, don't you? Don't feel bad if you didn't. I didn't. I just started noticing it showing up in the research in the last couple of years. That doesn't mean it wasn't there. It just means I never saw it if it was. I mentioned weight in passing a few times in what is it and how did I get it? Early stage chronic kidney disease. This is from my first nephrologist report. The report, of course, ended with a one, two punch, I would need to exercise for at least 30 minutes a day and possibly decrease food portions, so I could lose weight, all right already. I got it, for better blood pressure and renal function. Better blood pressure and renal function? That's when my battle with the numbers became real. And that's when weighing and measuring food according to the renal diet allotments worked for a while. Until I thought I could I measure. So I went back to weighing and measuring. And it worked, until bombshell number 2 fell in my lap, pre-diabetes. In the book of blogs, Moderate Chronic Kidney Disease, Part 1, the National Institutes of Health helped me explain why this combination of excess weight and prediabetes was a problem for CKD patients. High blood glucose and high blood pressure damage the kidneys' filters. When the kidneys are damaged, proteins leak out of the kidneys into the urine. The urinary albumin test detects this loss of protein in the urine. Damaged kidneys do not do a good job of filtering out wastes and extra fluid. Wastes and fluid build up in your blood instead of leaving the body in urine. Let's backtrack just a bit here. What does high blood glucose have to do with this? Well, that's what tested to measure your A1C, which determines whether or not you have diabetes. Or even pre-diabetes. Back to the book of blogs, Moderate Chronic Kidney Disease, Part 2 this time, in which I decry my A1C woes. This time I went to WebMD for a simple explanation. In addition to learning that pre-diabetes means your glucose, while not diabetic, is higher than normal, I found this interesting statement. When glucose builds up in the blood, it can damage the tiny blood vessels in the kidneys, heart, eyes, and nervous system. What I learned from my primary care physician on my last visit is that the A1C is not the only measure of diabetes. Although my blood glucose readings are still in the pre-diabetes range according to the A1C, my daily readings have sometimes gone over the 126 that's considered diabetes. My head is spinning here. No one ever mentioned that magic number to me before. I decided to conduct a little experiment last night. We know that high blood glucose is the result of sugar, but did you know that most carbohydrates turn into sugar? Last night I ate a chocolate bar and devoured at least half a dozen saltines.
This morning, when I pricked my finger and tested the blood, the reading was 129. Damn. Someone had to be the guinea pig and I volunteered myself. But all I'd proven was that sugar and carbs raise your blood sugar pretty quickly. Now here's the kicker. This is from Slow It Down CKD 2015 which is presently available digitally and should be out in print later this week. The Brits do a masterful job of explaining this effectively. The following is from patient. A raised blood sugar, glucose, level that occurs in people with diabetes can cause a rise in the level of some chemicals within the kidney. These chemicals tend to make the glomeruli, me here inserting my two cents, what filters the blood in your kidneys, more leaky which then allows albumin to leak into the urine. In addition, the raised blood glucose level may cause some proteins in the glomeruli to link together. These cross-linked proteins can trigger a localized scarring process. This scarring process in the glomeruli is called glomerulosclerosis. It usually takes several years for glomerulosclerosis to develop and it only happens in some people with diabetes. My nephrologist told me to cut out sugar and carbs to lose weight. I'd already cut out sugar, so I cut out, or at least drastically down on, carbs. The result, a very slow weight loss. Of course, this is new to me so I don't know if that 2 pound weight loss in a month will continue every month, but I'm willing to give it a try. Say, that'll have a possible effect on eliminating the diabetes, too. Until next week. Keep living your life.